Hello and welcome to Tavern Chat. I think I'm no longer going to say podcast or vidcast because it's simply Tavern Chat, right? And that's what we're looking at right now. So I have been spending some time looking at the first edition DMG, the Dungeon Master's Guide. And it's got, it's, it's full of a lot of little stuff that you kind of go, oh, I never saw that before. I mean, I've read this thing numerous times since, I don't know, 1980, 1981, whenever I came into gaming. And gee, I never read that. Well, today I decided to go back to the beginning, right? So I'm at the forward. Forward is written by Mike Carr, who is a TSR Games and Rules editor. And this is from May 16th, 1979. I think it's interesting. It raises some important questions or thoughts, concepts. Is dungeon mastering an art or a science? An interesting question. If you consider the pure creative aspect of starting from scratch, the personal touch of individual flair that goes into preparing and running a unique campaign, or the particular style of moderating a game adventure, then dungeon mastering may indeed be thought of as an art. All right. Uh, I would say yes. But again, he's saying that art or science, and I don't know if it can be broken down simply as an art or a science. It is a skill. And you can be book learned in a science, or you can take art classes to get better at it, right? But there are people that are just naturally better at art. They have, they're born with that skill, that talent. And I think on some level, successful dungeon masters, those really special ones, have it as part of their talent. Whether you want to say it's God-given or whether they were born with it or whatever. You know, we all have little things that we excel at because of the way we are wired. And I think that's part of it. Some people will never be better than adequate dungeon masters or GMs. You know, and some people are, are just am amazing at it. And a lot of it can be learned, but for some people, it, it can't. It really can't be. If you consider the aspect of experimentation, the painstaking effort of preparation, and attention to detail, and the continuing search for new ideas and approaches, then dungeon mastering is perhaps more like a science. Not always exacting in a literal sense, but exacting in terms of what is required to do the job well. And that's the difference. See, I look at art and you look at science, and science is going to be by the book, whereas art is not necessarily going to be as literal. I, I, I guess like art is you putting more of yourself into the dungeon mastering well, whereas the science aspect to me um, would be more like, I don't know, uh, following the instructions in an adventure, right? You have an adventure that's given to you. If you're doing it from the science way, you're going to read the box text as if it was box text, and the player should interrupt you as you read the box text. You enter the tavern. It is it is cold. 
and you can feel the breeze coming in through the open windows. And that shit. There, that's not arc story written for you. It's more science. Again, to me, I guess it's a bad comparison, but I can understand where it's coming from. Esoteric question aside, one thing is for certain. Dungeon mastering is, above all, a labor of love. Yes, I would have to agree with that, because if you don't enjoy it, why are you doing it? Right? Players get to game, and it requires no prep on their part, right? It, it literally is your players come to let you uh, set the virtual table or whatever. You set it up, and they, and they hit the ball, right? They are the ones that are there to be entertained, and you're the one that's going to make sure they have a good time. Really, the bulk of that is in your hands as a, as a DMGM, right? So, yeah, it better be a labor of love. It is demanding, time-consuming, and certainly not a task to be undertaken lightly. The sheer bulk of this book you hold in your hand will tell you that. But, as all DMs know, the rewards are great. And it's true. You run a good session, you run a good campaign, your players are enjoying themselves. You can't beat that feeling. You run a game at a convention, and everybody leaves having a great time, and they thank you. You did well. You entertained. There is, you gave of yourself, and you get back in the end. An endless challenge to the imagination and intellect, and an enjoyable pastime to fill many hours with fantastic and often unpredictable happenings, and an opportunity to watch a story unfold, and a grand idea to grow and flourish. You see, story unfold. That's the difference between something like Dungeons and Dragons or traditional RPGs and storytelling. In Dungeons and Dragons, the story unfolds. In a storytelling game, you're telling a story. There's a distinction. And uh, it's interesting how even here you can see it's a distinction. Um, the imagination knows no bounds, and the possibilities of the game of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons are just as limitless. Who can say what awaits each player except a cornucopia, a fantasy, and a heroic adventure? So much is waiting indeed. This book holds much in store for you as a DM. It is your primary tool in constructing your own world, Omilu. It contains a wealth of material and combined with the other works of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, a monster manual, and the player's handbook, gives you all the information you need to play AD&D. You know, role-playing is something that is best learned by experiencing it. I don't know. If you just give somebody the player's handbook, the DMG, and the Monster Manual and said, hey, run a game session, I, I don't think you're going to get much of a game session out of them. You have to, it, again, even with me, your first session, your first experience should be as a player, right? It's hard... People do it. People get the game, you know, they got the game and they never played it before. They got the basic set. And the basic set was made 
more for you to pick up on it. If your first game was maybe AD&D like it was for me, I, I sincerely hope that you were introduced to it as a player and not just handed the books and decided to be a GM because all those great tools in here in the DMG on how to be a good game master or dungeon master, um, there aren't necessarily great tools on how to run your first game, how to play Dungeons and Dragons and the experience is. You have to experience it as a player, my personal opinion. Uh, but as always, one more thing is needed, your imagination. Use the written material as your foundation and inspiration, then explore the creative possibilities you have in your own mind to make your game something special. Dungeon mastering itself is no easy undertaking, to be sure, but dungeon mastering well is doubly difficult. There are few game masters around who are so superb in their conduct of play that they could sustain the opportunity to improve themselves in some way. I've been DMing since, I don't know, 81, 1981. So I guess I, I DMed my first game 40 years ago, and I think I'm constantly learning and constantly improving. And if you think that you have uh, reached your apex, maybe you have, but I think even the best can always improve. And I improve by, by playing in other GM's games as a player. You learn techniques that work. So this year at North Texas, I don't think I'm going to run anything. Maybe a pickup game. Shouldn't say I'm not going to run anything. May run a pickup game. But that being said, I plan on playing in some games this year, which I don't normally do. Don't let me have the time. But I'm not running a frog god booth, table, whatever. It's going to be good. I'm going to be able to stretch my, my player's wings again on my wings as a player. Uh, fortunately, this work addresses the, the matter at length and gives you plenty of suggestions on all aspects of dungeon mastering. Now, interesting way to phrase it, right? Suggestions. So, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, as well as some of the finer points, in order to help you improve your own efforts, take heed and always endeavor to make the game the best it can be and all that it can be. My car, TSR Games, and Rules Editor. All right. And uh, what I'm going to talk about now, and I'm not really going to go into it deeply, all right? It's probably going to be its own episode, but I'll just mention it here, is he says the DMG gives you plenty of suggestions on all aspects of dungeon mastering. And... Maybe it took me nearly 40 years to realize this, but as a cop in the NYPD, we had a patrol guide. And it kept on growing. Our patrol guide kept on growing. Every time the cop fucked up, uh, a new rule, a new guideline would be put in, new procedure. And it went into the patrol guide and just expanded and expanded and expanded. And then just like Dungeons and Dragons, and went, oh, we've got to do a patrol guide 2.0 because... It's just gotten way too much for all these corrections. We're just going to redo it, shrink it down, and it's, it, it grew again. But I digress. As was stressed to me when I got promoted to sergeant, is that the patrol guide is just what it says it is. It is a guide. 
it tries to have a procedure for everything, but not everything will fit into one of those procedures. And when it doesn't, you improvise based upon the guidelines that you have been presented. So, what does that mean, right? What does that mean? It means that when I was a kid, I read the DMG, and I thought that everything there, these are the rules, these are what you had to use, this this was it, man. This was, and it's a Dungeon Master Guide. It's not a handbook, right? It's not a rule book. Uh, so it's not the Dungeon Master rule book. It's a Dungeon Master's Guide. Think about that. I'm thinking about that, and I find it very interesting to think about. So, again, like I said, that's a, a whole other episode. Folks, we are in the midst of the world of COVID. I should probably... I'm kind of out of frame. I apologize. We are in the midst of the world of COVID. Um, I am not a medical professional. I make... Uh, no ifs and or buts about that. I don't play one on TV. Um, I am going to say use your common sense to keep yourself healthy and safe. Because you can't help others and you can't keep others healthy and safe if you're not keeping yourself healthy and safe. Okay? So make, make the decisions that keep you healthy and safe. Use your common sense. On that note, um, be safe. Be well. God bless. Roll those dice. Knock on... Oh, that wasn't the wood. There's the wood. Knock on wood. I'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow will be a live stream at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Um, I will... Oh, yeah, let me hide that. Um, I will be uh, sitting down. I might get his name right. Well, I'm going to be sitting down with uh, the Noble Dwarf. Um, and it's going to be... Uh, no Noble Dwarf is uh, the print-on-demand company that does, like, a lot of uh, Faden's maps and uh, among other things. I gotta see if we can get maybe some uh, Tank Horse Tavern print on demand stuff. It's a question to ask. So, in any case, we're gonna be sitting down for a live stream at 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. So, if you are around, feel free to join in. Always love the live feedback. Uh, we have voicemails in regards to the Friday show that Glenn and I did. Uh, I'm gonna talk to Glenn whether I should hold on to those voicemails. For the show we're going to be doing, I guess, a week, you know, two weeks from this past Friday. Um, or should I trust them earlier? I don't know. I'll ask Glenn. Um, folks, seriously, thank you. If you need to leave me a voicemail, if you have feedback, please, 347-509-5168. 347-509-5168. Or... Use the Anchor app. You can leave a voicemail with that. But with the Google number, you can I think it's up to at least three minutes now. I've gotten some pretty long voicemails. Um, oh, and 
if you go to anchor.com or anchor anchor.fm backward slash Eric dash Tenkar, there is now going to be a weekly podcast that uh, converts the daily blog into an audio stream. So this past week is about 16 minutes long. You can listen to the past week of the blog on your commute to work. Or if you are visually impaired and haven't been reading the blog, you can now catch up on a blog. So that's where you find it. it it's not up on uh, an Apple Podcast or uh, Google Play yet. It is up on Spotify because now Spotify owns Anchor. So that went up pretty quickly. But just saying it's out there. Uh, I'm just doing this as a service. I'm, I'm not no additional content. You can read those stuff on the blog. But uh, for those that want to hear a pretty good automated voice reading it, I was actually impressed with the quality. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not reading it. Uh, that would be foolhardy. Interesting, but foolhardy. Um, all right, folks. Like I said, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, live stream. Join us. Good night, folks. And again, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Oh, subscribe. That's it. Yes. Subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. Subscribe, like, like the episode, comment, whatever. It's, it all helps. Later.